Welcome to another episode of Reverse Ambition, a podcast that features those who take a leap of faith to follow their dreams and passion. My name is Kelsey Cooper, a.k.a. The Social Broker. I'm excited to speak to this brother right here. I've known him for years. I met him when I was walk, working down by Wall Street. He uh, um, entered the Army in 2011. 2008, he got into real estate as a part-time basis and 2017 he decided to take a leap to really uh manage his portfolio um in five boroughs in new york city so please welcome mr scotty etienne what's up brother i'm good brother how are you i'm good man thank you man thank you for getting on here sharing your story i think you know your journey is amazing it's inspirational I feel like you know, when people hear it, they're going to like, dang, I could do that. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you've you done it. You know what I'm saying? So let's start. Let's get it started. Walk me through your journey, started, starting from where you're from, where you grew up, where you went to school, what you majored in, and we go from there. Okay, cool, cool. First and foremost, thank you for having me. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've listened to several of your podcasts, and I've known you. Um, you know, I was thinking about it before before this podcast. And it's been about 15 years because I started working it's been a minute. down around Wall Street um, in 2006. And as you all know, it's 2021 right now, so that's exactly 15 years. So it's been, um, it's, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. Yes, sir. And, but, I, know, and I watched you, you know, grow as a, you know, as an entrepreneur. And I, I actually, I saw you and uh, your your your, your your uh buddy jude on uh instagram i was like yo this dude is is doing it i love him on the on the podcast so appreciate you for coming on man yeah thanks again thanks again kelsey uh so my journey um i'm, I'm born and raised in new yorker um born in brooklyn raised in brooklyn i even um i even went to brooklyn college so you know that, that just gives you um you know just the um, localization in terms of where I'm from. I'm from Brooklyn. I actually still live in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And only right now I'm starting to think, is there life outside of Brooklyn? Kelsey, I know you left. Is there life outside of Brooklyn, Kelsey? Yeah, I snuck out, man. I snuck out, but I definitely I'm I'm always will be always be a Brooklynite. You know what I'm saying? I'm a rep I'm a yeah. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I like the direction the Knicks are going right now. You know, that young yeah, point guard yeah. is on you know, that well, young I actually watched the game last night and I'm not gonna say I'm excited because the Knicks I know. They always break my heart, but like, um, we're going in the right direction, and hopefully, in a couple of years, that we can really compete. Listen, they look better than they, you know, they look better than they've, they've looked in a long time, and I'm glad how they, you know, they're building it. They're building it from young talent instead of doing some horrible trades like they've done in the past. But this is not a sports show. It's about you. Oh, uh, you said because like, we can go all day. Baby. We can go all day. <laughs> oh, yo, that's gonna be another. That's another podcast. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, but in all seriousness, so I'm um, born and raised in New York, born and raised in Brooklyn, um, Brooklyn College. Um, you know, you said um, um, I, I joined the Army, like, right after the towers came down. Um, you know, like, a couple, the towers came down September 11, 2001. That's crazy. I, I joined the Army February 25th, 2002. Wow. What made you do that? Literally, the, not literally, the, the, the exact day before. My twenty-first birthday. Wow! You know, like, like I just wanted to. Um, you weren't scared, I, you know? Was, <laughs> was I scared? Not really. Okay. Um, you know, like growing up in the mean streets of Brooklyn, New York, in the nineties, things happened. You Facts. know, things happened. So with that being said, 
you know, like after the towers came down, I, I was in college, I was in school in Brooklyn, and I was a, and I just couldn't believe it, and I just knew that, you know, I was young, you know, and and, and I love America. Um, to this day, I, I love America, mm-hmm. and um, you know, not sure how much America loves me, but that's a different podcast as well. <laughs> that's another but, podcast. But the, point, but, but the point being is, you know, like I, I felt like I could do more for my country. I could do more. So, mm. you know, the day before my twenty-first birthday, I, I joined. And, you know, like, to be honest with you, it was one of the best decisions of my life. Word? Because, yeah, absolutely. Because just being in Brooklyn, never having left, didn't go away for college, mm. um, the Army really allowed me to just leave my environment and see how other parts of the U.S. are, how people from a different different, um, different states are. And, you know, like, like my Army experience, you know, like basic training, AIT, which is the training that teaches you job, you know, like, it, it was it was difficult. But I was able to persevere, and then you know I decided. Well, and then I was a reservist, so a reservist is one weekend a month and two weeks in the summer. That's what. So I you didn't get for. deployed at all, at all. Hold on, time out, right? Okay, my bad, my right? bad. So, so December. So I joined February two thousand two, and December two thousand three, they told me I had to go. I was like, where? They said um, we're activating you to go to um, to go to Iraq. Wow. And you know, just get your get your stuff in order. And it was about December thirteenth that I was told, and I would and I would be shipping out sometime in January. Mind you, I'm in college. Um, you know, I'm a regular regular college kid. This just happened during the army, so you know, it was a culture shock. But you know, like we were able to 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 be prepared, and 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 I spent from January two thousand four to March two thousand five. I spent the whole time in Iraq. Wow. Was How was your family? Uh, How did they feel? Oh, you know, my Haitian mother was not was none too pleased. <laughs> but, you know, like, I can imagine. Like, um, I just felt I just felt like there was more that I could do. Mm-hmm. And you know, like um the towers came down, being from New York and it was so iconic and then watching them come down and realizing that, hey, listen, I'm young, I'm able, you know, if someone's gonna help defend my country wow. should be me. Wow. You know, so um that's 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 the reason why I joined. That's and dope. you know, like again, to this day it's one of the best decisions of my life because it really allowed me to see different parts of the world, allowed me to have a worldly view of things, mm-hmm. allowed me to um not just basically see things in American centric view. It, not let me see things with American filters. Mm. You know, so um, How was the Iraq experience? How was that? Iraq was like I'll break it down for you like this, right? December two thousand and two, I was in college. I went to my drill, which is the um training for that for that month, and they told me on that Sunday that I was going to Iraq. Mind you, I don't drink, I don't do anything, so mm. on the ride home I was I was nervous. I was sweating. I could imagine. <laughs> yeah, I was nervous. I'm like, wow. <laughs> What's going on? You know, like like Iraq. Right. Is um, you know, the war just started. So I was in wave one point five. The war just just started, and mm. I was like, wow, what's gonna happen? But you know, I like like I have my faith, and I also knew that um, you know, like um, if something were to happen to me, you know, my family would be taken care of. I took care of my will. I made sure mm. you know, that my loved ones would be taken care of. And I also said, listen, I can die on the streets of Brooklyn, New York, mm. with no life insurance, with no nothing, or I can be out there, and if something happens, you know, like if it's my time, it's my time. Mm. You know, if it's my time, I, I can, 
I can die in the bed or I can die in, 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 in a gunfight in Iraq. Either way, it's my time. Right. So, you know, and then once you get out there, you're not really thinking about, oh, I'm scared. You're thinking, okay, I got a job to do. I want to get home and I'm going to get home. Mm. You know, like, like fortunately for me and my, and my squad, we, um, we work logistics, so we weren't really on the front lines. Mm. But there were several har- har- harrowing experiences. You know, um, Easter Sunday, 2004, you know, like um, I, I was in a um, like a D container, which is like a shipping container for, for you guys, and and a rocket was launched and the rocket fell. The rocket exploded not too far from me, and um, I woke up and you know, like a little, little woozy, but you know, like wow. um, I was able to survive that. A couple of times, you know, like we were we were living in tents, and in the tents, you know, like 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 it was a tent, and maybe like 50 yards was 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 our, our camp. You know, like like mm-hmm. our camp. Let's just say our camp is a square, and you have the tents in the square. But everyone around us, we was in Iraqi village. So every, you know, it's just about every night they, 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 they launched grenades and rockets. Wow. Our camp, and some of them blew up, and some of them didn't. And you know, one night, one day, actually, I wasn't in, in, in the tent that day. You know, a, a rocket came in through our tent, landed on the floor, and popped and, and hopped around, doom, 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 and it didn't explode. So. You know, my buddies that were there, they were they were fortunate. Um, wow. Another time, yeah, another, well, I've, I've had a couple of experiences, but one time I was driving on, on the highway, and I'm a Brooklyn kid, so I never learned how to drive in Brooklyn. Right. But I, I was in Iraq, and I was whipping it. I had a Humvee, <laughs> and I was going to the PS, which is like, like the Walmart, uh-huh. and for some reason, we closed the Walmart, but I didn't, well, the Americans closed the Walmart, they moved it to a different camp, and I didn't know. So I'm driving and I'm seeing people and I'm like, what the? And, and I see people with, 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 I see goats and I see people. I'm like, what? Yeah. And then I hear something like a rock hits my Humvee. I turn around and I see insurgents. Wow. You ran you any of them over? over? I, didn't, I didn't know. You know, like, like one last story, real quick. So I was in a, I was in a trailer, and I, I was in, let's just say there's a rows of trailers, right? There's mm. a rows of a hundred trailers, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's fifty rows of a hundred trailers, and each trailer had like two soldiers living in there, right? And I was in a trailer one time, and you know just 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 lounging, you know after work, just I'm um, playing video game Madden 2004, and two trailers away from me. So let's just say I was in trailer 17. Mm-hmm. Row, row nine, trailer seventeen. Um, row nine, trailer nineteen. Caught a rocket and and blew up. And wow! That was in that trailer didn't make it. So you know, like um, you know, but for the grace of God, you know, I'm I'm here. I'm still wow. here. Wow, so, yo, man, I'm so glad you're here to to tell some some crazy. stories, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although although the experiences were crazy. I, I Compared to the Iraq or Brooklyn, which one is worse? <laughs> growing up in <laughs> well you know what's crazy like like here's the way the iraqis looked at us right and and and, and after a while i was i i understood their, their way of thinking right mm-hmm. if you kelsey have an issue paying your mortgage right you can't pay your mortgage you're having financial issues right and i come in and say hey listen kelsey i got you i'm going to pay this mortgage for you i'm going to help you stabilize i'm going to help you get on your feet mm-hmm. and then we'll figure it out after right so i come in and mind you, this is 2004, you know, the whole 2004. And I come in 
and I stabilize it, right? I pay your mortgage. We came in, we got rid of Saddam, right? Right. After we got rid of Saddam, after I pay your mortgage, what do you expect to happen? I mean, if if you pay my mortgage and we got rid of Saddam, get out of there. Exactly. Right. But we, we 2004, we were still there. And actually, Saddam was captured when I was there. So I actually met mm-hmm. the guys. And um, he showed us a picture of wow. pictures that did not make the news. This was pretty cool. Right. But the point being is, we got we got Saddam, we, we, we tumbled the statues, and now it's like, well, what next? There are no weapons of mass destruction. Mm. Um, can we have our country? Can we govern our country? You're looking at me like I'm, I'm still living in, 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 in your bedroom, and you're like, yo, Scotty, all right, thank you for helping me out. I got this from here. And I'm like, nah, tough for you. Oh, chill out. Right, you know, right. Like, one year, three years, five years, right, ten right. years, I'm still there. So, you know, after a while, you're like, yo, dude, I understand I had an issue. You helped me out with this issue, but I got this from now on. Right, right. And I think a lot of the um, Iraqi citizens, they, they kind of were tired of us because we were there for so long. Mm. And, you know, they were just like, why are you still here? Like, right. the reason why you came is not here anymore. Right. And we all know the reason why you said you were coming is BS anyway. Wow. So with that being said, why are you still here? Mm. And that's the way they were thinking about it, and and that was back in two thousand and four, two thousand five. So imagine that we we stayed there over a decade longer. So mm. the frustration level on that end was was um, the, the I'm sorry, the frustration level on that end was, was on was on ten because we were there for too long, and you know it wasn't a healthy environment for us as American soldiers. And quite honestly, for them, let them be their own, let them govern their own, let them figure it out. Right. Because the truth is, Iraq has been around way longer than the United States. Right. So with that being said, let them figure it out. But we just wouldn't. And you know that's why some of. So you basically, I'm. I need. I need to come home. I need to come back to my Brooklyn, (laughs) to Brooklyn, where I I feel safer. (laughs) Funny you say that. Like, um, so I came home March, like mid March, like March seventeenth, two thousand five. Let's just say I came home like on a Thursday. On a Monday, I was back in class. Word. Yeah, like, I, I was a college student, and, you know, like, I was, like, a junior in college, and, you know, my professors, you know, like, I wasn't an, all, I wasn't a, a, an A student, but the last semester, when I left in December, halfway through, I got all A's that semester. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so the That's nice. Me, which is good. But, but the truth is, you know, like, um, you know, when I came back, I, I, I got right back into class, and I was able to graduate um, college in like september of 2005 oh wow and, you know just started just started working and, and we met um mid mid 2006 you know like right at jp morgan day. yeah i started working at jp morgan around june 2006 that was your and major in college uh, bank and finance Say again? that was your major in college bank and finance so actually i, I actually have a couple degrees you know i have a, a degree in african-american studies because i was i'm really interested and, 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 and our people mm. and I wanted to learn as much about it as possible and you know going to not going to HBCU I know I know you're, you're Howard guy HU you know you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but the point being is you know like I just know I wanted more of that culture wanted mm. more of our history and I wasn't going to get it um, and, and the internet was around back then but I wasn't going to get the, the culture the history of, of, of us you know, by, by, by just one or two classes. So I majored in that. And then I have 
um, a business degree with a concentration in sports management. And then several years after I graduated from college, I went back and I got an MBA from Fordham. Oh, wow. Damn. Smart, dude. I, I, I would not tell. <laughs> uh, so how you end up in banking? Um, well, banking chose me, to tell you the truth. Okay. You know, like, um, like I wanted to be in sports, you know, like I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to be like, I wanted to be, first of all, I wanted to be an attorney. Mm. But I wanted to be an attorney that, um, man, like, I wanted to be a sports agent. And, you know, the best way to be a sports agent, I figured out early was you need to be an attorney because you need to recontract and stuff. So that's what it is. Like, um, I graduated from college. I started studying for, for, the, for the LSAT. And I scored, I think I scored like a 160, 161, which is a really good grade mm-hmm. on the LSAT. It wasn't going to get me into Harvard, but it would have got me into any level two school in, in America, right? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, like, um, I got the call from Chase Morgan. They were like, hey, listen, we got a job. We, we, we have a career path. Um, you know, your education, your military background. We think this might make sense for you. And I, I'll be the first one to tell you, Kelsey, I grew up poor. You know, I, I grew up, I grew up extremely poor and the money they were dangling in front of me, you know, it was just like, wow, I can make this kind of money, mm. you know, and, and, and I tell it to this day, like my first year working in banking, I made $115,000. Wow. That was a lot of money back then. For Brooklyn. You know, that was a lot of money. <laughs> what part of Brooklyn you grew up in, guy. by the way? Say again? What part of Brooklyn you grew up in? I'm from Flatbush, bro. I'm from oh, Flatbush. sure. I'm from Flatbush too. Yeah, really, really. I, I came. I, well, I came in. I came when I when I first migrated here from Jamaica. I um I was on Clarkson Avenue, Tillman and Beverly. I went to PS ninety two, and then my parents, like four or five years later, they bought a house over East Flatbush in the fifties, fifty second. So that's where I grew up, bro. Got it. Got it. Well, you know, I'm like, from your hood. We moved around. Okay. I lived all over Flatbush. Like I probably, you know, from. You know, like as a child, I probably moved at least ten times. You know, like, wow, times wow, like, that many? Know, oh, ten times. Why? Because you know, times are rough. Like, like, like wow, like, pay the rent. I said you can't pay the rent no more. Then you got to figure wow. it out. Wow, you, you were know? that so, poor. You were that poor. Wow. Oh no, times are rough, bro. We, like, like, like we was we, we were so poor. We was poor. The OR we couldn't afford. Mm. It was just PO. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, you know, but like, like growing up like that, it taught me, right. you know, like, I got to work hard. No one's going to give me anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, but on the other end, I always did extremely well in school. Mm. You know, like, I, I was always fascinated by words, always did well in classes, always did always did well. But, you know, things are rough, you know, like, um, doing homework on candlelight, wow. things like that. So it really, it really made me say, listen, I've been poor. I don't like this shit. Mm. So with that being said, let me figure out something else I can do to not ever be poor again. Mm. You know, and, and you know, like the military a lot when I was in, and I started working young. Like uh, I'm talking about, I was packing bags at the supermarket. Wow. At like ten, you know, because he was putting in that like, work. I, I had to, I had to, I had to be a value add to the family. I had mm. to, I had to chip in. So you know, I, I started working young and I had odd jobs. You know, just like just. You know, like like before you got this, um, you know, like um, what's what's the what's the app where you get people to do things for you? Not handy, but you know, I was doing things for people in the neighborhood. Like mm-hmm. I go to the store, I go do this, I go do that, mm-hmm. I go wait in line for you. I I, I, I think it back. I was doing all of that. Wow. So, you know, I, we we needed the money. 
And, you know, again, I reiterate, I grew up poor. So because I grew up poor, I realized I didn't like it. And me not so, liking it. So when J.C. Morgan gave you that offer. Yeah, yeah. So J.C. Morgan came with that money. They came with the bag. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Let me see what this bag looking like. You right. Know, um, and, 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 and I still took the, took the LSAT. And I applied to a couple of schools. But J.C. Morgan came and, and, and the offer was good. The money was good. And, and I started working. And after my first year, I made 115. And I was like, oh, okay, this is real money. Mm. And making 115 coming where, where I'm coming from, it's just like, oh, okay, now I, I'm, I'm on a different level in terms of what I can and can't visualize. Mm. You know, like, 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 like college, the military being able to take a look at the world holistically and, you know, coming out and working at this Morgan, it really allowed me to say, oh, okay, there's more to this than what I know. Mm. So, you know, like I, I made... You know, I went, again, went to team my first year, which was like 2006, 2007, and, and I made six figures again the next year. And I was like, okay, cool. But the thing is, because I grew up poor, I was, I was, I was, I was saving. I was hoarding money. Mm. You know, like um, when, when I went away with the military, I had made some money because I was, I was, I was getting paid by the military, but I wasn't, I didn't have any bills. Mm. You know, like I didn't. So have you a phone. saved that I didn't money. Even have a phone. Right. Yeah, I didn't even have a phone. So the money I was making, which was tax-free, I came home, I started working, and next thing you know, I got half a million dollars. Wow, really? Stock market. Nice. Yeah, you know, like 2008. And this is between your military money and your J.P. Morgan money. My military and my job, and, you know, like, and I'm around people that have financial skills, financial acumen, that I'm like, okay, how do you do this? How do you do that? You know, mm. like, like I knew I was poor growing up. So I, you weren't just saving, you were investing as well. Yeah, yeah. So I started investing in the stock market and I started going heavy. Every week I was dropping like five, ten thousand dollars in the market. Similar to You said five, ten thousand dollars? Every week. <laughs> wow. Every week was stopping money in the market. Wow. And, you know, like um This is before it crashed like, in two thousand eight, by the way. Uh, well, I'm getting to it. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I'm just I, yeah. Right, so 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 what happened was so what had happened was that, um, you know, like I'm investing heavy in the market, but this, the, here's what I did know. I worked at a bank, so I knew banking. Mm. You know, and I was buying all these bank stocks. Morgan Stanley, I'll take some of you. Goldman Sachs, <laughs> I'll take some of that. Take Morgan, I'll take a lot of you. Right. Washington Mutual, I will take some of you. Hmm, you're cheap. I'll take even more. Pull up. <laughs> wow. What happened was, you know, like I'm at the bank. I'm at J.P. Morgan. I'm at Chase. And I hear that, you know, like, like Washington Mutual is not doing well. So, you know, the stock is doing, is, is doing bad. And with, with J.P. Morgan is thinking of buying Washington Mutual, excuse me, Washington Mutual. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let me keep buying. Mm. So, you know, I, at one point, I had about $100,000 worth of Washington Mutual stock. Wow. <laughs> then J.P. Morgan bought Washington Mutual. And I'm hyped. You know, like, like I'm on the train, right, coming home from work. Uh, and let's just say the the, the, the deal happened in, in, in the early evening. So I'm coming home from work, and my boy um, texts me. My, my boy, my boy hurts. Mm-hmm. Texts me. He's like, "Yo, Scotty, Chase just bought Washington Mutual." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm on the train, like doing a happy dance." You know? Right, right. Um, before it's showtime came out, I was in the train. Just yeah, yeah, like, yeah. At home, I got in front of my TV, turned it on, turned it on to Fast Money. You know, looking at Jim Cramer. And then it started breaking down the deal. And then I'm like, okay, like trying to calculate how much money did I make? And then I'm like, wait a minute. What is receivership? 
What's, ha what's happening here? Oh, shit. I lost everything. What? That one Washington Mutual trade, I lost six figures one time. Wow. Damn. Time, six figures. Gone. I'm a poor kid from Flatbush. A poor Haitian kid from Flatbush. And I lost $100,000 on one trade. Damn. Ain't no way. Wow. Ain't no way. So with that being said, I'm like, oh, nah, yo, this can't be life. I was sick. I, was <laughs> I can imagine. Yo, I called out the next day. That's how sick I was. <laughs> I can imagine, bro. $100,000 in one trade. $100,000 one day. One shot. Bang. You know, I, like, I woke up the next day. Like, I, I probably had like $500,000 in the market at that time. And I woke up the next day. I had like 350. I was like, oh, fuck it, yeah. This is craziness. So I'm like, listen, obviously, you know, I'm not a gambler. You know, I don't gamble, you know, like, like that's just not one of my things. So with that being said, I didn't like the feeling of losing that kind of money. Mm. So what I decided to do was I'm like, yo, I need some tangible, hard assets, things I can touch. I want to mm. touch my stuff. You know, I want to touch. You know, so I'm like, all right, cool. At that time, I was living in Flatbush. On Newkirk with two roommates that I went to college with. Right? Mm. It was called the frat house. I could imagine. And, um, and, and, and you know, we were paying $1,200 a month in rent. Total? Each. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah plus, plus bills, you know, like we was paying like 450 each. Okay. You know, so 450 each. So I was making money, but I was saving money and I had no expenses. So I was doing well. So with that being said, I'm like, I can't do this. And, you know, this space is getting a little cramped. So let me go and figure out like where I can live next. So you know I still have some money. I had like probably like three, four hundred thousand mm dollars. -hmm. So I goes, so I goes to the local real estate agent, right? And mind me, I'm 25 years old. Right. You know, like I'm 25 years old. I work in finance, and I had to refine. And your, to, and your credit seemed to be good too. So you had three fifty plus good credit, dog. Oh, my credit never been touched, bro. So they, so they weren't willing to give you anything. And to this day, I still have excellent credit because, you know, like, I've always, like, I've been poor, bro. And mm. because I've been poor, I understood what poor is. I understood what poor did. Mm. And, and I just like, yo, I'm not adopting any of these habits. Right. Wow. So, so with that being said, I went to a local real estate agency. And I'm like, I, I, I need a real estate agent. They're like, all right, go sit there. Mm. So I go and I sit there, and these guys come in. They look at me and they're like, oh, "I ain't talking to this dude." Mm. I ain't talking to this dude. I'm like, "All right, cool, whatever." So, so this they one profiled guy, you, huh? Yeah, they profiled the shit out of me, but it's okay. It's all right. Were they were they were they white Jewish guys or black? No, no, it was it, it was a mixed office. Okay, but you know, like I didn't look like a typical client that was doing anything, right? Because you know, I, I I lived in Flatbush. I walked to to the agency in Flatbush. You know, on on, on on a weekend, you know, so like I, I wasn't looking polished or refined. Right, like, right, oh, right, right. You know, like oh, none of them really talked to me, and then they gave me a guy, and then this guy came in, and, and we're friends to this day, and he sat me down, and he and he asked when I'm looking. I'm like, hey, listen, um, I'm looking, I'm interested in buying something. He's like, buying or renting? I'm like, no, I'm interested in buying something. Find me something to buy. He's like, okay, tell me about yourself. So I started, hey, I'm 25 and. I'm interested in buying. What do you got? He's like, all right, let's take a step back. You understand what buying is? I'm like, <laughs> I've bought things before. I, I, I know how buying is. Like, wow. Like, all right, fine. Which, um, tell me about yourself. Um, here's what you need to buy. 
you need to get pre-approved for mortgage. I'm like, I, I could do that. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I, I could do that. And then he's like, all right, let me see what you have. Let me see your paperwork. I showed him my bank statement. He was like, uh. All right. You know, uh, and then and then and then pull up my credit and realize I got like an 800 credit score. Wow, well, yeah, so, bro. I mean, I I was in real estate too, so I know when I get a client like you, I'm like, yes, cha-ching. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know nothing. Right. I don't know nothing. Mm. What I know is I did not like the feeling that I had losing money in the stock market. Mm. So because of that, I knew that I wanted to do something different. Mm. And, and something different meant I got to invest in something. You know, and, and I was, and, and, and real estate made sense. You know, I'm not a car guy. I still don't have a car. I have jewelry. Like, I, I wear watches and stuff. But I'm 25 years old. Like, yeah, yeah wow. it's not like I grew up wealthy where I understood the value of a Rolex or so on and so forth. I'm like, I need a tangible asset. So he's like, cool. What are you looking for? I'm like, I don't know. Um, I want an apartment. He's like, all right, cool. But I suggest that you go and you buy a house. I'm like, listen, bro. I'm 25 years old. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with any house. I don't want any headache. I don't want to deal with tenants. I don't want to deal with anything. Get me an apartment. He's like, all right, cool. Takes me around and he takes me to the apartment. And, I'm, and I look at the apartment and I'm like, oh, the paint is nice. I'll take it. Mm. I swear to you, that's what I said. Mm. You know, it, it had nice paint. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll take it. Whatever. He's like, all right, cool. So, you know, I, I, I buy it. And... And then we start talking. How much was it? How much was it? Was it? I paid eighty-five thousand dollars for a co-op in Crown Heights. Okay. You know, and and then remind me, I got to circle back on on that co-op and what I've done since buying that co-op, right? Mm -hmm. I paid eighty-five thousand dollars for a co-op in Crown Heights, and I'm like, all right, cool. You know, so so I'm in there, but every couple months he sends me emails. Hey, hey, Scotty, I got this for you. And I'm like, bro, I'm good, bro, I'm good. Hey, Scotty, I got this for you. I'm like, bro, I'm good. Mm. He's like, one time he called me. He's like, yo, Scotty, I've known you a couple of years now. I got something for you. I'm like, bro, I'm good. He's like, Scotty, stop playing with me, Duke. <laughs> Literally mm. like that. He's like, yo, Duke, stop playing with me. <laughs> Come see me at this address at this time. I have something that you should look at. So I'm like, all right, fine. All right, fine. Whatever. Right. So, you know, like he gives me an address in Best Eye, and I go... And I'm in Best Eye, and I pull up to the address, and I see a lot of um, a lot of investors that don't look like me mm. outside, just looking at the house. And I'm like, and and, and what is it, a brownstone? You know, yeah, it was a brownstone in Best Eye, and I'm like, I don't know much, but I know that, <laughs> that particular group of people are interested in something. Wow, that particular group of people are interested in something in Best Eye. It must be a good idea. Mm. So he takes me in there, and I see, you know, a brownstone with three apartments. I go in, and I, and I take a look, and I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. We get back in his car, and I'm like, he's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, what do you mean what I want to do? He's like, um, you should buy this. I'm like, ah, I told you, I don't really want to deal with the headaches of dealing with this. There's three tenants here. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen. He's like, listen, you. So he's like, yo, this right here is a contract. I need you to sign right here. I said, huh? He takes my hand. He says, yo, sign right here. <laughs> side, next day, he calls me. Hey, Scotty, you got an approval. I'm like, oh, shit, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, um, 
this this brownstone you're gonna pay 360 for it whoa um what 360 360 i'm like shit that's a lot of money he's like you gotta pay 360 and then i'm like wait a minute i got a va loan i got a va loan the va loan is zero percent interest mm. i don't gotta pay nothing okay cool all right let's get that one all right cool so i get the brownstone and um you know I at 360 and best style that's crazy what block was that it's on it's on Quincy and Malcolm X. Oh, good. And if you want, I can give you what that brownstone is worth today. That brownstone I paid three sixty four in two thousand and nine, I think. It is worth one point anywhere between one point five and one point seven million dollars. Oh, wow! Don't tell me you didn't, yeah. you didn't sell it at minimum. No, the truth is, it's probably worth. As is with me doing no work, mm-hmm. prob- I can probably sell it for like one four, one five. Mm. With me doing work, one seven, one eight. You know, wow. it's, it's, it's three stories, and 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 it's rented at three units. And here's what I always tell anybody that tries to rent it: you are on the safest block in Best Buy. It's the, the house is a couple doors down from a church. One block away is a police station. Mm. Behind the police station is a fire department. So ain't nothing happening to you on that block. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Right. Like I know exactly where that is, bro. And, and, and I'm, just, I'm just blessed that, you know, like... So you accidentally kind of, sort of accidentally got into real estate, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's more to the story. You know, like, like, like I, I was fortunate enough that, you know, like, um, my agent Yinko looked out for me and, and, and basically made me buy the house. I didn't have to use any money to purchase it, but I did need to um, have some money to, to do renovations. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you know, like I, I still had my stock portfolio. And, and, and funny enough, to this day, I still have some of those stocks that I had back in 2008 in my portfolio. Really? Yeah, like, like because I do trade, but I don't day trade. I'm a buy and hold guy. Mm. Like, you know, like I have, like when when Visa first came out, IPO, I bought IPO. I still own all those shares. When Facebook came out, IPO, I bought like a thousand shares. I still have those shares. Wow. You know, because I just never, I just never sold. You know, so after I bought that house, I spent some money renovating and retreating back into my, into myself. I was like, oh shoot, I just spent a lot of money. I got this co-op. I got this house. And I got, and, and the, the, the market crashed and I changed jobs. Mm-hmm. So I went. How did, when the market stra- crashed, how was your stock portfolio then? Um, I was, I was, I was heavy on banking. Okay. So my pockets were light. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> right. Like, like I was heavy. I had Citibank, Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, wow. Morgan Chase. All of them went this way. Damn. Was it still six figures? You know? Uh, I, I probably had. I probably had like maybe like one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars back then. Oh, okay. Well, um, you know, I bought the, I bought the co-op. You know, um, I, I bought the house. I didn't pay any money to give into the house, but I had to pay renovations. Mm-hmm. At that time, right when I bought the house, so I'll tell you right now, when when I when I bought the house, it's probably like yeah, like two thousand. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like I like my, my money was still kind of hurting, but I um, what happened was. I I changed jobs. 
mm-hmm. when the market crashed. I went from making six figures to making $55,000 a year. Wow. That's a lifestyle change type mm. of money. My, my, my salary was cut in half. Mm. So with that being said, I was eating tuna every day. Wow. Every single day for like six months straight. I would make the tuna at night, two pieces of bread, two pieces of bread. Were you in a relationship? <laughs> was I? I probably was, but, you know, like... Like, uh, I, I probably was. <laughs> you know what? Right? No, real talk, I was in a relationship. But, like, right. that, that, that's, just, that's not how I operate. Mm. You know what I'm saying? My money's my money. Your money's your money. And she was doing very well for herself. But I, don't, I, I didn't let on that I was eating tuna every day. Mm, okay. You know, like, that was like, between like, you and, like, like, you like, and God. Man, I'm stoic. <laughs> you know, so, like, um, but I don't think I was paying for a lot of lavish dates. Right, 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 right. <laughs> You know, uh, it was it, it was a lot of um, yo know, um, Netflix and, and I, chill, and I, and I wasn't able to cook back then. So, oh, we ate a lot of sandwiches. <laughs> I remember her and I, we ate a lot of sandwiches. I'd come, to, I'd go to her house, and um, like there's a corner store by her house. Funny enough, I go to that corner store and get the same sandwich. <laughs> you know, like, 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 cause it, it was a good sandwich. Right. And um, I'd go to her house, I get her one, I get myself one, and then we chill, watch TV, and do whatever. Oh, so, that's a good. That was that a good was one that. right there. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, she's she's awesome, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, like I've, I've had a couple good ones, and, and and um, you know, like I wasn't ready for them. I feel you. So, I can so, relate to that. Um, you know, I, I'm 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 looking at the next decade pulling up. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what? Like. Yeah. I, Don't I, trust I, me, bro. <laughs> trust me, it's gonna hit you real quick, and you're gonna have some regrets. Yeah, you're gonna you. have some regrets. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at the next decade coming up, and I'm like, I need to make some. Some, some life choices and I need to um, find a life partner and build yeah. with because do, especially during COVID you can't do this shit alone. Yeah, man. And beyond not being able to do this shit alone um, you need someone that that loves you for you and you love for them and that you can build with and have a fa- family and foster Facts. a healthy relationship. So, Facts. You know, like, like like that's my goal. Facts. Sorry, I took you off the of your story. Say so you uh you were eating yeah, tuna, we're wrong. tuna we're wrong. every day, fifty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. So, so I went down to fifty five k, and you know, like I was I was hurting. I, like, but when I say I was hurting, I still had like maybe like a buck, buck fifty in the stock market. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's not money that mm-hmm. I can access. You know, you got to sell a stock. You might take a you might you might win or, or take a loss, and then you got to transfer to an account. To me, that's not day to day money. So. You know, I was able to live in my co-op, manage that house. But then, you know, like, 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 funny enough, the girl that I was dating at the time, she bought a house in Bedside. Mm. She bought a four family. She paid eight hundred. Whoa! And that's worth like two million dollars today. Mm. And she, she, she bought a house. I got a house. She got a house. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I had money, so we, her. Her and I, and, and the contractor that worked in her house and also worked in my house because I needed some renovation, he was like, he was like, yo, you got that money. I'm a contractor. Let's get into business together. Mm. And basically, start flipping houses. Mm. So, so we did that. And we flipped like maybe like five houses. You know, so I, I, started, I started flipping houses with them. And we did well. You know, we was buying these houses on the low um, in Brooklyn, in Queens, in the Bronx. And just basically flipping them. You know? How is that? So, how um, is that situation? Was it you know split evenly? Like the contractor? Um, it wasn't split evenly. You know, like um, I I I was still making like fifty five. Okay. 000, and um, 
what I was able to do is I was able to leverage my stock account and take money out to buy to, to pay for the houses. Um, and we would get a mortgage. So we had a hard money lender. Mm-hmm. Let's just say we bought a house for 200. We needed to come up with, with 40, which is like 20%. Mm-hmm. And then we would pay on the 160 that's left, we would pay 1% per month. So, you know, like 1600 divided by three is $533.33. Mm-hmm. So each of us would pay, yeah, five, each of us would pay our third, but we were able to leverage that and basically, each of us would pay a third of the um, down payment and a third of the monthly mortgage. So we was able to leverage that. We bought like five houses, mm. you know, a um, couple in Brooklyn, a couple in the Bronx, a couple in Queens. And we started flipping those houses. And we was making really, really good money, mm. you know. And then, you know, like my job situation changed and, 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 and I accepted a job taking me back financially to where I was prior to the market crashing. Mm-hmm. So making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year flipping houses and, you know, with a very good income and also with the rental income I was collecting from my house on Quincy Street. So mm. it was going really well for us. And then after a while, like the partnership kind of dissolved, her and I broke up and, 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 and you know, that didn't really dissolve the partnership, but, you know, like um, she wasn't really pressed on buying more properties. Mm. So him and I, we bought more properties together. And then, and then our, our connect, um, he couldn't get us more properties because he was our connect, but he was, he was, he was, our connect was real special because he was giving us properties and also financing us. Mm. So, wow. you know, he, he got out of the business. So that kind of killed, that kind of killed, killed the business. But we ended up, I ended up with, with when, when the partnership dissolved, I ended up with one of the houses in the Bronx, mm. you know, um, and I didn't particularly like going to the Bronx. I didn't have a car. I didn't like, like I had problems with tenants and I sold this house and to this day, you know, I, I say every time, every house I've ever sold, I regret it. Mm. You know, I sold the house in the Bronx for 450. I paid 250 mm. and I sold for 415. So that's a nice come up. Mm-hmm. But that's, but that house is worth 700 today. Mm. You know, um, the house in Brooklyn, we had a house in Brooklyn that, that we sold. Um, we sold it for 450, but it's in, it's in Best Buy, mm. and we paid we paid like two something for we sold it for four fifty. It's not in the greatest part of Best Buy, but the house is worth one point two today. Wow! You know? So like every house I ever sold, I regret it. We were giving such good deals that we were making money, but if I had the mindset that I have today, I'd probably own maybe like ten at minimum. Well, Half of New York. I had the mindset <laughs> that I had today, I'd own probably like ten brownstones. Right. You know, like um just. Because I had access to the, I had, there was an inventory. I had at that time maybe like two hundred thousand dollars in the stock market. I had money coming in from 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 the rent that I was collecting. I also had money that we made from the partnership. So I was sitting, I was I was heavy on cash, and I met some people. I looked at some houses, and every time I passed by them, I'm like, I could have owned this house mm. in Best Buy. That is worth one eight today. I could have paid three hundred. Wow. Two thousand nine four. Wow. This house next to it, I could have paid three fifty. You know, so you know, I, I I don't I didn't have the mindset back then. And you know, growing up poor and not having not having any mentors or anyone to, to help guide me and navigate, you know, like um it was just me. You mm. know, and, and and my and my parents, my mom was like, Hey, listen boy, what are you doing? You know, like like if, if stuff hits the fan, what's gonna happen? Who's gonna support you? I know you're making money, but 
it's just me. So, you know, I kind of was, I kind of, I, I was kind of gun shy in terms of mm-hmm. the deals that I could have and should have taken. Mm-hmm. And I, I probably would have another zero behind my net worth mm-hmm. if I would have bought. I had one, I had one deal where a guy wanted to sell me four brownstones in that style for like a million dollars. Wow. Four brownstones. Four brownstones, a million dollars. And I would be responsible for getting the mortgages. And but I had enough money for the down payments on all of them. Wow, Kelsey, if he would have, if I would have bought that portfolio, we'd be having this conversation. I'd probably be in South Beach somewhere. <laughs> well, all right, <laughs> but, right. You know, it, it, it is what it is. You live, you learn. You know, right. So, um, it's part of the process. So, you know, learning. You yeah, know, it's learning part of the process, and, by and doing. I wouldn't change any of it. I wouldn't change any of it because at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a poor kid from Flatbush, and I was able to just basically build up, and here I am today. But the mistakes, the lessons I learned, those were lessons that I needed to learn. Mm. And, you know, like I'm um, looking at the market now, well, looking at the stock market now and watching what happened with AMC uh, and the short squeeze. And I'm like, this is just craziness. Mm. Uh, and, and looking at real estate and I'm looking at these prices in that side and I'm like, this is craziness. But, you know, like um, I, I, I was able to buy um, another brownstone in Bedside, so I own two of them. And I'm like, all right it doesn't make sense for me to buy more houses in, in Brooklyn because I'm not making enough money. Mm. On them. You know, like um, I, I need to live comfortably. And if I'm going to be a landlord, which, which is, which is what I'm doing, there's not enough money. I can't, the last house I, I bought in Brooklyn, I paid $1.4 mm. million dollars for it. My down payment was $500,000. Wow. So with that being said, I'm not making enough money to justify the five hundred thousand dollars down payment. Mm-hmm. I got a, I got a nice chunk of equity in it, right? You know, but you know, gone up. You didn't realize until day. you sell, though. So you know, you you, you became cash poor <laughs> because um, I, I've been well outside, <laughs> outside of I, I've been well outside of the um outside of real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, like again, I still have stocks, and you still have your you nine know, to when five. The crash, when the market crashed. I, I, I bought stocks and I hold those stocks and I'm up several hundred percent. Wow. Wow. <laughs> on my stock portfolio. Wow. Several hundred percent. So, wow. you know, I've, I've done well outside of real estate, but you know, like, like real estate is my, is my, is my baby, mm-hmm. you know? So I was able to buy another brownstone, the co-op building, you know, that, that um, I own that I, that I bought that apartment in. I was able to buy three more apartments. Oh, in the same building? building. Same building, yeah. So, okay. So, you know, um, and then, you know, like like maybe like four, four and a half, five years ago, I started to diversify my my real estate holdings out of New York, and I started investing heavy in Baltimore. Why Baltimore? You know, and, yeah, oh Baltimore, yeah. Why why, 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 why Baltimore? Like, why Baltimore? Yeah. Again. Why Baltimore? Why what you know? How you heard about Baltimore? Well, I had a, I had a friend of mine, Jude, um, who owned a six family house out in Baltimore. And, you know, like, but I, but at the time I, you know, I, I, I flipped several houses. Um, you know, I, I was buying and holding a couple of brownstones. I owned a couple of co-ops and I didn't like that every house in Brooklyn was over a million dollars, you know? So, for, so for what I do, you know, like I'm a cash on cash return guy. So with that being said, it doesn't make sense for me to drop three, four, $500,000 to make net $2,000, $3,000 a month. Right, right, right. Right, but if, if you if you go to Baltimore, 
you if you spend three hundred thousand dollars in Baltimore, you're buying a block. Mm. You know, you're buying mm. a block, or you're buying, or you're buying a building. Mm. So with that being said, he had he had a six family that you know like like was that needed to be renovated, and he sold it to me at a good price, and I was able to drop you know a little bit over a hundred thousand dollars in renovating it. Um, while well, I still had a job and just basically every month I'd get my paycheck and I'd dump it into the house. Wow. Um, and, and I was able to just basically get it stabilized and I'm doing very well with that one. And, um, you know, I was able to buy four more properties in Baltimore and, you know, like, um, that's, that's the market that I, I mainly focus on. I have my properties in Brooklyn that I'm not looking to um, sell or do anything with. But I also have my um, my Baltimore portfolio, and I'm actively looking to grow it because, you know, I've been down there enough um, about, well, exactly a little bit over three years ago, um, December December 21st, 2017, I officially um, retired from corporate America, you know, um, I was what made you, What made you decide to like, I'm, you know, I'm going to focus on my real estate game. Um, what made you decide that was a time? couple things um i was making more money in real estate than i was making at the bank mm. uh, um i didn't like you know i was i was a vice president i had my own office and i was doing very good at the i was i'm sorry i was doing very well at the bank but i didn't feel like there's this thing in corporate america whereas no matter who you, if, if if you look like me mm. if you talk like me if you move like me if you go if, if you come from the background of me you never really fit in, mm. you know, like, like I never really fit in. Mm. Um, you know, I worked, I worked hard and I was good at what I did. You didn't code switch. <laughs> like I did code switch, you know, like I did code switch and you don't make it in corporate America without code switching, mm -hmm. but I was never comfortable code mm. switching. You know, like I, I was never comfortable code switching because, you know, like I'm from Brooklyn, I'm from Flatbush. I didn't go away to college. Mm. I didn't go to the PWI institution. You know, I went to Brooklyn college and the code switching, like, I, I didn't like coming in every day and having to put a different face on. I feel you, brother. I feel you on that. I, 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 yeah, I didn't it like takes it. a toll, too. Like, you know, imagine, like, eight toll. hours a day being somebody you're not. Yeah, yeah. And, and, bro, like, you know me. You've seen me throughout the years. I'm a happy. I laugh. I'm always smiling. Mm. And But, you know, like, and I don't even feel like I'm really that big. I'm six feet, 200 pounds. But... You know, when I'm in a room, and especially I used to dress really nice, like, mm -hmm. like suits and, and matching ties, ties and matching socks. Like I had a little bit of flair to me, and I and, and some of my colleagues just weren't as comfortable with me as mm. some of my colleagues weren't as comfortable with me, which made me uncomfortable mm. and where I couldn't be myself. You know, I, I remember I'm sure time, a lot of people listening to this could relate to what you're just saying, bro. Yeah, I remember one time, right? I had, you know, like like my first two managers in corporate America were black females, right? And, 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 and the first one gave me an opportunity off the street and, and, and gave me a job, gave me a life. Mm. You know, Yvonne, she gave me a life. And my second manager, she hired me because she was like, yo, listen, I'm in charge. This is my team. Um, you know, I'm the, and at the time, she was the most senior African-American woman in J.P. Morgan Chase, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of, 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 of she was the most senior. So she was like, this is my chance. I'm going to hire. I want to hire someone that looks like me. So, so, so she hired me. And then, you know, she knew that I wasn't comfortable. I had kind of candid conversations with her. And she knew I wasn't comfortable. But, you know, like, 
um, one time we, I remember we were at um, is it Buffalo Bill like like the um, the um, the place in Manhattan in the Midtown where you had like the, the like the um, like the the bucket the the, the the um not the cow the um the bronco oh, oh yeah the, uh, the 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 bull the electronic bull the the mechanical bull yeah. Yeah. I know that is that's like yeah. by uh by Rockefeller in Center in that area yeah, yeah yeah so one time we were there like it was like a team building thing and we were there and I'm young like I'm I'm 28 years old uh, you know and we were there and you know like I don't drink. Mm. One thing, and my and my colleagues were getting dr- getting drunk, and they were getting on that bull. And I remember she came up to me and she said, she saw me looking at the bull, and and, and I like, I I'm about that action, mm-hmm. and, and I'm I, like I would get on the bull, uh, uh, you know. And she came up to me and she moves it up to me. She's like, yeah, I see you looking at that bull. And I understand <laughs> why? And she she told me straight up, I see you looking at that bull, and I understand why you're not gonna get on there. Mm. And and because like 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 and that really resonated with me, mm. you know. So I was like, all right, cool, all right. And, and and I wasn't gonna get on there because I didn't want my colleagues to see me in that light. Mm. You know, I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't comfortable with that team. I wasn't comfortable with them. They weren't really comfortable with me. And you know, like um, and and that was also the job that I had to take the fifty percent pay cut for. Mm. You know. Oh hell no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was also the job that I took a six-figure pay cut for. So it was just like, you know what, man? All right, cool. Let me let me buy my time. Let me keep buying more real estate. Let me keep doing this. And I changed jobs. I left her team. And until this day, like, I'm thankful for her. I'm thankful for the manager before her. You know, and, and quite honestly, I've always had a really good manager in mm. America. But it was the interpersonal dynamic between me. Right. And- you know that, you know, there was a ceiling. And you in order for you to kind of break that ceiling, you had to go beyond who you were or who you yeah. want to be. You know, co-switching on the 10th degree <laughs> to uh, yeah. elevate. Yeah. I remember one time I was in the elevator. And, and that's the elevator that Jamie Dimon rides on because we was on the 41st floor and Jamie's executive officer started. Who's Jamie Dimon? You know who David Diamond is. David Diamond is the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so he was the CEO. And sometimes you drive the elevator with them. Like, and, and if I'm riding the elevator with Jamie, I'm I'm making myself as small, as unnoticeable <laughs> right. as I can. Right, Probably right. being the only black man in the right. elevator. Right, So, But the point being is I remember I'm listening to some Buju Bantan in my, in my speakers. And I'm looking at my white colleagues just yapping it up. Ha, ha, ha. I was golf. And I'm like, man. <laughs> oh, hell no. <nah. laughs> so, so, you know, I changed jobs a couple of times. And, and, and you know, my, my last job, you know, like I had a great manager. But the fit didn't fit. They wanted me to go to White Plains a couple of times a week, mm-hmm. which was fine. But it really wasn't fine. And my territory was like white plains and north mm. so I, i'd be in woodstock new york oh wow golly i don't want to be up here right you know, i'd i'd be in small towns in connecticut small towns in, in, in boston I, I went to rhode island once and i'm like oh man i don't really want this is like i'm not happy right and i'm i'm not happy and quite honestly i'm making more money in real estate that I'm mm. making right. I'm spending 50, 60 hours a week. I'm driving up to Woodstock, New York. I don't like driving. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. You know, yeah, and, and, and I'm driving there and clients don't want to shake my hand. Mm. My, my, my colleagues 
and, and I would never say my colleagues were racist. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But my colleagues were not used to dealing with someone that looked like me on an equal level. Mm-hmm. Not racism, mm-hmm. but just not comfort. Undertone, undertone, white supremacy yeah, type they, stuff. Yeah, like they, without they them knowing it. With me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they, they were the people that would be like, "What do you mean? I'm not racist. I got a black colleague." Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but don't you understand? There, I mean, when we go into their environment, you know, we kind of like have to f- fit in, you know, into their world. When they come to our environment, they feel uncomfortable. Like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm uncomfortable around here they they don't they don't make the time they don't think they have to fit in so yeah you know we got a coach switch they don't coach switch mm. you know so facts you know I, I was just uncomfortable being there and um that was the last and when i took that job i said to myself five years mm. that's that's what i'm gonna do in corporate america they gave me a nice sign-on bonus you know like like a nice sign-on bonus you know and, and i was making good money the best money that I was making my whole career. Um, I had an office on forty on, on Forty Second Street, overlooking um, like Lexington Avenue, like mm-hmm. so, like really nice, nice, really well done. To all the manager. people, they were like, "I've arrived." They were they were good with that, you yeah, know. Bro, but to I you, did arrive, bro. I, I was I was I was but, excited. I was happy. Mm-hmm. But you know, my boss was awesome. My my colleagues that sat in the office next to me, and 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 the colleagues. Actually, the colleagues that sat in Manhattan, the ones that worked in my side of the business, mm-hmm. they were cool. My boss was cool. My, my my colleague that sat next to me, she's the class after me at Fordham. She was cool. Shout, shout out to Michelle. Um, you know, like, but you know, like, I I just I just wasn't comfortable. Mm. And because I wasn't comfortable, I had a conversation with my boss once, and I'm like. How long do I have to stay until I don't have to give the signing bonus back? <laughs> <laughs> Very candid, huh? Very kept it one hundred. Yeah, she said three hundred and sixty-five days. I said, "Listen, this is not working. I'm not happy." Mm. Was it a sister? No, no, it wasn't a sister. Like my first two bosses were, were African American women. Mm-hmm. My next two bosses were um were, were white men, and my last boss was, was a white woman. And and I'll tell you right now. I had five bosses in corporate America. I had five awesome bosses. Wow. Nice. You know, my bo- my bosses were cool. Um, but it was some of the um dynamics between myself and some of the cl- some of the not clients. I, I I was cool with the clients, some of them, but but it was the dynamics that I had with some of the people that, you know, like j- j- just to break it down, I was a product partner. I had a product that I sold, mm-hmm. and and I sold TS Treasury Services, right? The the I had two clients. My clients were the bankers that were the coverage officers for and and their clients. Mm-hmm. So it'd be situations where I myself and a colleague would be going out to meet with a client. Mm. The colleague would talk to the client every day and would manage the client's credit and and account. And and go there and be like, okay, you got a fifty million dollar revolver. You want to take ten million dollars? Okay, we're gonna give you the ten million dollars. That was their job, but they spoke to the client every day. With me, my job was treasury treasury services. So I would come in and sell them 
different products. Mm. And I was cool with my, um, but on the treasury services side, we, we were our own team. We had different product partners. We had different assistants. We, we had our own team. And within the treasury services team, it was cool. Within the team that of the bankers, I was at three banks and I, I might've had maybe, maybe 60 bankers that I worked with. I was cool with like 50 of them, mm. but that's fine. Like, like, like that's fine. So that's not the problem. The problem was, you know, when I started having to go to White Plains and, 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 and North, I wasn't getting along with, 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 with those people. Mm. They, and they weren't comfortable with me mm. and I wasn't comfortable with them. Some of them didn't want to shake my hand, which, which, which is whatever. And it, I just wasn't happy. And I'm like, I make more money in real estate. I spend 50 hours a week doing this. I spend 10 hours a week doing real estate. I'll see you later. 365 days, I'm out. Mm. <laughs> you know, December 21, 2017, I was like, listen, all right, you know, I, I sent my letter of resignation. And that was the end of my career. You know, I worked. Um, How was the feeling? Doing, How did you feel when you finally, you know, got liberated? Um, <laughs> it, it, it was bittersweet because, you know, like I felt like a failure. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, I felt like I let us down. Really? Yeah, I did. I did. And, and I'm going to tell you why. I know that there will not be another person that looks like me that gets that job. Ah, and mm. I and that and that killed me, bro. Mm. That killed me. Mm. It was like, bro, the money. I didn't care about the money because, like, I'm in real estate. Like, I'm uh, like, I'll, I'll be fine. You know, like, I I I I left the bank December and January. I bought I bought another co-op. Mm. I'm fine. You know what I'm saying? With me, I'm fine. It's not about me. It's mm. about the the guys coming in behind me. They might not get that opportunity. So and did you leave on good terms or bad terms? I left on good terms with my boss. Mm-hmm. I left on good terms with my team, with, with, with my, the team on my side. But like, the truth is, I didn't leave on bad terms with, I didn't really leave on bad terms with, with anyone, but I just knew because the interpersonal dynamics, like, yeah. it, just wasn't, like yeah. it wasn't working. Yeah. And my boss would not go out on that ledge and hire someone else that looks like me with, with the understanding that it might not work mm. because at the end of the day, your manager, they get points for diversity hires, mm-hmm. but they lose points for losing diversity. Oh, so you were, di- <laughs> you, know, you were, like, you were, you were like a diversity hire. No, I'm not going to say I was a diversity hire. Like that I would not say because that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say is that, um, I lasted 365 days. <laughs> right. At my last job, 365. They paid me a ton of money to come on. They paid me for that whole year, and I left. Mm. You know, like, I, I, like, I started December 2016. I left December 2017. It wasn't a good look. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I get it. Like, like, I get it. Like, as a man, you can't pay me this much. And you just stick around for, for a year. Yeah, one year. So with that being said, I know that it would be difficult for someone else that looked like me to get a, a similar job. And I also know that, um, you know, like, like it, it didn't feel good. I just feel like I let us down. And I, mm-hmm. wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't happy about it, but right. you know, I was miserable. So right. like, I, I had to go, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, but I, I, I did feel like 
I just feel like it's a failure for us because I, I, I don't, I don't think, I think it would be a challenge to get someone else that looked like me in that role. Right. Again. Right. Yeah. Uh, it'll happen. I, it'll happen. I, I definitely think it'll happen, especially now where there is focus on a lot of DNI and, you know, white supremacy, tackling white supremacy issues within corporate America. So it's, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> you definitely left a mark and it may not be tomorrow, but it'll happen, you know, because. Yeah. You know, and the, the good thing is like, you know, there's a couple guys, you know, like, although like I was in my mid thirties, you know, I really rocked with the analysts mm-hmm. because I know what the analysts were going through just right out of college. You know, I take them to lunch, mm. you know, I talk to them going on because somebody you know what i'm saying like i'm not where i'm at and i can't not help you mm, know like um, right you know and every not every but several of the people that used to work as my analysts they all got jobs <laughs> you know like, mm-hmm. like they all got jobs doing the thing and one, one funny story right so there's this guy you know like 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 like, like we he was working on another team but i liked him you know, like, like, like we, we'd hang out, we'd go to lunch, and my, my boss needed to hire an assistant for me. So my boss was like, okay, Scotty, we need to hire an assistant, and um, let, let, let me get some resumes. I, I said, Mike, let's hire this guy. So Mike was like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, um, just hire him. Like, I'll work with him. I'll get him up to speed. He'll be fine. So we hired him. And, you know, like, and, and this wasn't my last job. This was my job before that, right? So um, we hired him, and him and I, we're, we're friends to this day, but maybe like nine months in, there was a job that came up at another bank. And I looked at the job, and I'm like, yo, that's a good job. And that, jo- and that bank pays. Mm-hmm. Let me go out for the job. So I went out for the job, and he went out for the job. Oh, wow. I got 10 years of experience. He has nine months experience. Mm. Guess who got the job? He did. Not me. <laughs> wow. But, but it's cool though because that's my boy, and you know his family is, is, is well taken care of, and and he does extremely well in the job. He's a smart guy. He's an MBA, but he didn't know. He didn't have the experience. Why? So, why? Know, why did he get the job over you? Um, he didn't look like us. Ah, okay. You know, you, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. He didn't look like us. You know, like, I understand you got to hire people that you feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? At the job before that, before I left J.P. Morgan, I made sure when it was time to hire me an assistant back then, I made sure I hired someone that looked like us. And now, when I left, my, my when I left J.P., I went to Santander. When I left Santander, when I left Santander, the guy that I made get the job at JP as my assistant, he moved to Santander in my job. Wow. So it's it's all good, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. Like and, and he's a brother, and actually I spoke to him two days ago about the suit drive that I'm having, uh, and, and and just just about you know his experiences and you know like just how things are going and and how his family's doing and I, and I'm happy because you know I came from Flatbush and somebody gave me an opportunity on Wall Street and I was able to work for um, 13 years from 2000, mm. um, no, not 13 years, from, from 2006 to 2017, so 11 and a half years. And several of the, my assistants throughout the years, they all are, being, are, are doing well and earning, right. and taking care of their family. So that, that really makes me feel good. 
So, uh, you know, how you feel now? You know, how's your how's your real estate grind going? Um, and how do you feel now that you know this you you in this full time? You're doing it full time. It, it feels good, you know. Like um, like I, I um I work every day, but I'm not working on you know whatever the bank needs. You know, like I'm working on my projects. Mm-hmm. You know, I currently have two projects going on right now. Where in Baltimore the, or in Baltimore? In Baltimore, like um. Mm-hmm. My goal is to buy two houses a year. Wow! You know, and um, last year, twenty twenty twenty, I bought two houses um, in the third and fourth quarter. One house in the third quarter, one house in the fourth quarter, and those houses are under renovation, and they are kicking my butt. Wow! <laughs> they are kicking. You my know, so let me ask butt. you something. You know, because a lot of people, you know, like Baltimore. To to a lot of people, Baltimore is risky. You know, it's always oh, it's, it's about to turn. It's about to come up. And, you know, parts of Baltimore still look like it did five years ago. And you, so some people may... Not wonder, five years ago. Parts of Baltimore still look like the wire. Wow. Wow. So yeah. how do you how do you go, you know, manage those risks in terms of investment in places like Baltimore? How do you assess? The, the first answer is scared money don't make money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I'm still heavy in the stock market. Okay. I have my properties. In, I have my properties in Brooklyn, but for me to buy one property in Brooklyn, I'm gonna have to liquidate most of my stock market portfolio. Mm. So with that being said, you know, like like in Baltimore, I can save my money from the rent that I collect uh, and not go on vacation and basically be able to buy a house in Baltimore. You know, one house I bought in Baltimore, I paid fifteen thousand dollars for it. Wow, it's a two-family house. Mm. You know. You know, like, 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 those are the kind of numbers that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, scare money don't make money. You know, like, um, at the end of the day, you can't sit here and say, well, if I'm going to, I'm scared, I don't want to, I don't know what's going to happen. Nothing is going to happen if you don't do anything, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the first thing. Secondly, Baltimore is rough. Baltimore, a lot of places in Baltimore City look exactly like the wire. Mm-hmm. There are open-air markets. There's some blocks, like this, this street called Fulton Street, where I drive down. You know, the windows are up, the doors are locked, and you just see the line waiting for their, their fix. Mm. You know, like... Wow, really? Houses get... Oh, bro, Baltimore is rough. Mm. You know, and I tell people, people people that know that I invest in Baltimore, they ask me all the time, hey, Scotty, um, let me come down with you. I'm like, yo, bro, you can come down whenever, but this ain't easy money down here. Mm. You know, like, like, like in Baltimore, your tenants, you know, the real estate term is, I rent a lot of workforce housing. Mm. So what does workforce housing mean? That means there's people that are part of the workforce. What's the workforce? Not not, not white collar, blue collar. You know, like um, a couple of my tenants work at Amazon, the Amazon um, fulfillment facility. I got one tenant. Um, she works at the um, Pandora bracelet facility. Mm. You know, one tenant manages a Starbucks. Another tenant manages mm. is, is, is a supervisor at Pizza Hut. You know, um, um, one tenant, she, she works in this place that basically does laundry for hospitals. You know, these are the type of people that, 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 that I'm renting to. And the truth is they're good people, mm. you know, but although they're good people, if they get sick, you're not getting your rent that much. Mm. You know, these people aren't sitting with, with tens of, these people are not sitting with $3,000 in their savings account. Mm. You know, these people are working. Check to check. Money, paying, paying the rent eating, possibly going going to the movies every once in a while. But these people are check to check. And it resonates with me because that's how I grew up. So mm. that being said, 
you know, I'm not too harsh on my tenants. I understand. And sometimes they're feeding me BS. And I, I know BS. <laughs> I don't like the taste of it. So, when, when, so right. when I get a little BS, I, I fight back. But, you know, I got one tenant. She owes me several months and she pays me $300 a week. Hmm. You know, and, and, and it's February 5th. So there's another month that just added on. But I know she's not trying to get over. Hmm. So because I know she's not trying to get over, I'm not beating down her door. But on the inverse... I have no issues evicting if, an, if, if you're trying to get over. You know, I will evict on Christmas Eve and put all of your Christmas gifts out. Mm, wow. On the yard, if you're purposefully trying to get over and not pay me and, and, right. and try, just trying to get over. Right. You know, there are professional tenants. Um, I recently, well, not recently, last year, I, 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 um, I got a professional tenant. Um, she's on SSI disability. Her, her, her husband is on SSI disability. So when I saw the disability checks, I knew that they were gonna like they weren't gonna work. Mm. The disability checks were, were coming in, were coming every month. They paid me the first they paid me the first month's rent, the security deposit. They paid me half of the next month. They haven't paid me a dime since. Wow. They moved in. They moved in in March. Mm. It's February. Mm. Eleven months, not one dime. Right. Not one dime. But you know that's just that's just part of that's just part of the business. Yeah, you take and you take, take your gains, you take your losses. Yeah, you take the gains, you take your losses. You know, um, there's no there's no way in real estate where I'm only gonna make gains. That's not how life works. Right. You can't hit every shot. But you know, like like you just need to make sure that you have a routine in place where you have the highest the highest chance of hitting the shot that you take. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know, like I've done I've done well in terms of what I bought out there. I have two properties under renovation that when they come to market, um, you know, hopefully I'm going to be able to get good tenants for them and we should be able to do good on them. You know, I should be able to do good on them. Um, you know, but it's, it's, it's a challenge. You know, I manage my, my, my Brooklyn portfolio. Um, I manage my Baltimore portfolio. You know, um, I'm part of a nonprofit, you know, like um, I co-founded a nonprofit where, you know, we, we're trying to do financial literacy and give back to the community because nice. one thing I, one thing I didn't have, as a kid growing up, as someone to mentor me, someone to provide me some, some financial literacy, and with the um, with the, the skills and the knowledge that I've acquired over the years, I feel like I can be impactful in someone's life. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, just by you saving your your army checks and your corporate checks, and then you dive into real estate and the stock market, you know, and the discipline it takes uh, for you to do that, man. I tip my hat, brother. Um, at 25, yeah, yeah, at 25 you. years old, I mean, people be blowing money fast at 25, buying bottles. Oh, bro, bro, bro I, I spent some, bro. Let's like, not get it twisted. Right, right. Know, I spent a good coin, but, you know, like, I never drank. Mm. So, buying bottles, I, I, I don't think I ever bought a, maybe I did, maybe one or two bottles in the club. But that's never been my thing because right. I never drink. Right. You know, like, 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 my friends would, I had friends. That would spend five thousand dollars at the club. Wow! Every Tuesday. Wow! Every Tuesday, five thousand dollars at the club. Wow! I know. <laughs> I'd be miserable at, at work on Wednesday. It'd be a good time, but that's not what I, I, I don't drink. Wow! Like I might drink, I might drink the pineapple juice. <laughs> right, you know, right. And, and that's it. So you know, like you know, like 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 growing up, I, I got this thing where, and, and I realized that about myself, whereas. I grew up with nothing, mm-hmm. so when I started making money, I had to prove to people that I had something. Mm. So you know, like um, I started buying jewelry, 
uh, right, know, right, like like, like 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 jewelry and watches and, and clothes and shoes and sneakers. You know, growing up without, you know, like um, I started to live in excess. You know, like although I was doing very well and I was doing a lot of saving, I did some spending. You know, mm-hmm. don't get it twisted. Right. Some, some, some of them coins got spent. Right, right, right. You gotta enjoy. You gotta enjoy your coins too. You know, it makes no sense to work as hard as I was working to not have anything that I can look at and be like, yo, that Rolex right there, you know, right, I, right. I, I bought that Rolex because of this and I had the money because of that. Mm. You know, like if you're just working, putting your money away in the, in the stock market, buying real estate, making the money in real estate, buying more real estate. Yeah, you're probably so you probably miserable as hell. What are you living for? You know right. What I'm like, um, you know, I, I was thinking today, what's my, what's my hobby? My hobby is travel. You know, mm. like, like, I like to travel, you know? So I've been to, like, 50 countries, and nice. I enjoy that. But you, you you can't you can't die with it. Right, right, right. You can die with it, you can't take it with you. Right, right. So, you know, like, but don't spend all of it, you know, like, um, and, and you know, I've heard people say, my last check is going to bounce. That's probably not going to be me, because it's not about me. You know, like, um, I'll be fine, but I just need to make sure that generational generationally, I'm able to leave back, whereas, you know, like, I'll have all... You know, guess of God, I hope I live um, to see it. But I have all my mortgages paid off within my lifetime. Wow. So with that being said, with that being said, if I have all my mortgages paid off, what are my kids gonna inherit? Mm. You know, they're gonna inherit assets with no debt. You know? <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. so that's generational wealth. You know, that's generational wealth that allows them to be able to to make decisions of things that they want to do, pursue passion projects. And, and, and live the life that I didn't live as a child, but right. you know, like, and also as a young adult growing up, if you know that, okay, fine, um, I'm financially safe and secure, I can, I can become a teacher if I want to be, mm. or I can be like my dad and become a, and get into real estate. But you just have options, right? You know, growing up, if my, I told you I have a degree in African American studies, but I couldn't pursue that passion because I gotta eat. You had to make money. You had to, you know. I, and make money, and JP Morgan came and gave me, right? Gave me a bag, and I had to take that bag. Right, right. I had to. Right, I had to. <laughs> you know, it's, it's no brainer. So, what's your portfolio look like right now in terms of real estate and stock? Um, I'm heavy in the stock market. Like, um, I, I think I looked at it. I looked at it today. I think I'm up like maybe like seven hundred percent. Um, and, and and from but. I've taken out money to buy real estate, you know. Okay. I, so I, where do you where do you I'm own properties now? Brooklyn, Baltimore. I I own in Brooklyn and in Baltimore. Right. And um, my boy sent me. I I, I hate him for this. He sent me uh, a house in Atlanta. He was like, "Bro, <laughs> oh. why are we still here?" And I was at the house, and I was like, "Yo, I don't know why I'm still here." Wow. <laughs> Golly. Wow. I'm like, Golly, this house looks good, but you know, like um. I own in Brooklyn. I own in Baltimore. A lot of people is reverse migration right now. They're like leaving the city oh. because of um, pandemic, and they move into Atlanta, places like Houston, Texas, Austin. You know, a lot it, of people move to L.A. It, it ain't the pandemic that, that's doing this for me. It's the weather. Oh. I'm a Haitian kid. I'm a Haitian kid. My knees hurt, bro. My knees <laughs> are hurting right now. I'm okay, like, so you, your days in New York are limited, huh? You know what, like, um, like, right now, as a single person, as a single guy, like, I, I, um, I'm here. Mm. But if I, if I met someone and and they were hell bent on moving to Atlanta, 
I wouldn't say no. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you don't gotta twist my arm back. Right, 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 right. But, but but you know, like I'm from here. You know, like um, like I'm I'm from here, so like oh, 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 like it'll be bittersweet. But like right now, I'm really open to the to the possibility of right. leaving New York City. Right. Um, three years ago, I'd be like, nah, you know, and you know, like if I meet someone and they're like, yo, we're gonna live here, we're gonna live in Jersey, that might be it. You know what I'm saying? But like, yo, you're gonna get to us. A- like, you're going to get to a uh, stage where you got to think about good school system. And on the one thing yeah. that I, I mean, I, I, I grew up in Brooklyn and I, and when I went to college, I realized how much I didn't have, <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, yes. in terms of round. I mean, I was worried about like not getting robbed and, and not getting beat, beat up going, going to school every day. You know what I'm saying? The time yeah, I was, yeah. in, I was growing up. Well, did you go to? I went to um graphic arts, printing. Okay, got it, got it, got it. It was got crazy. It, got it. I went um, to Bay. Okay. Oh, okay. You went uh, Sheep said I remember when Sheepskip Bay was all white, but I heard over time yeah. it changed. Yeah, um, it ain't all white no more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to graphic arts and that's when um, you know, I don't know if you heard of Deceps. That's when Deceps was running. The, the, the yeah man and they were like yeah, yeah. they were headquarters at my job at my at my high school so i was trying to dodge <laughs> dodge a beat down left and right you know so yeah. i had to had to learn how to move bro without bro, i took so I, bro you you was dodging them i didn't dodge all of them bro <laughs> <laughs> i took some weapons bro. you know what that builds character bro nah man <laughs> i want my kids built i don't want yo listen i want to be in a good school system where my kids don't have to worry about you know, getting beat down every day, getting robbed. You know, there's extracurricular activities. They go get into, like, various yeah. sports programs. They go get into, like, the debate team. You know, they, you know, student government. I just, you know, that's, you know, my peers uh, at, at college, you know, that's what they experience. And, like, it's not happening in New York unless you got bread like that. Yo, yo bro, I didn't even know, like, like, bro, I scored really well in the SATs, bro. Um, mm. I wasn't the best. I wasn't the greatest because being from Brooklyn, you know, I, I was working in, in high school and I, I went to Sheepshead. I was working over the summers. I was working even during the school years. I was working and, you know, I, I got involved with the wrong crowd here and there. Mm, and I mean, things, 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 you, you can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. You had to, you had to, you had to survive. You had to, that's how bro, you move. Yo, bro, I could not avoid not getting down. For the simple fact that if I didn't get down, I would have got beat down. <laughs> exactly. And I did take my beatings, bro. Right. Like I had a gun my freshman year my freshman year in high school, I had a gun pulled to my head. Wow. Wow. On the bus. Wow. On the bus. Wow. You know? My freshman oh, listen to this, right? I had a gun pulled to my head on the bus my freshman year. I got I got beat bad, bro. I had a black eye. Wow. For like for like two months. That's how hard I got hit, bro. <laughs> Damn. Like, I now, that's probably why. I had a gun put to my head in my freshman year of high school. That summer, between my freshman and sophomore year, I was at the park, and they tried to shoot me. Wow. You know wow. what I'm saying? Like, bro, I'm 15 years old, bro. Exactly. I haven't, Ex- even, I haven't even lived my life yet, exactly. bro. And, and I'm in the park, and I'm not supposed to be in the park. And all I heard is, boom. And wow. And, like, oh. and, then, and then I see them coming for me. Wow. Like, 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 Yo, bro, man. Bro. That ain't cool, bro. God was that looking out, cool. brother. God was looking yeah, out. God, God was looking out. And, 
and the, and the truth is like you're supposed to tell this testimony, man. You you you're supposed to live to tell this testimony, and I, I I'm so glad you're telling this story and this journey, because yeah, there's so bro. many there's so many people that you know kids, especially in the area that we grew up, like you said, not exposed. You know they don't know nothing beyond their block, beyond their borough. And, you know, we're lucky enough to get a little bit of exposure so we know better. So having, telling these stories, and when they hear this stuff, it'll be inspiring to them. You know what I mean? The first time I left Brooklyn was the Army, bro. Mm. You know, like, 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 I, like I, was born in Brooklyn, I was born in Brooklyn, raised in Brooklyn, went to high school in Brooklyn, went to college in Brooklyn. No, I'm lying. I, went to, I, I started my first year in college in, in John Jay in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. But the point being is, I didn't even know, and, and, and the guidance counselors at the school, I had good grades, bro. Mm. I had good grades, but I wasn't like an A student, mm -hmm. but I was smart. I was smart. I knew I was smart. They knew I was smart. Mm. I, didn't have, I didn't have to work as hard. I scored really, really well in the SATs, and, but nobody told me that, hey, you apply to schools outside of Right. Cuny. Well, listen, I can relate I to that. Cuny. You know, you know? I mean, let's, I, like I said, I went to one of the wildest school, um, you know, in graphic arts, and I didn't see my guidance counselor all four years because they were busy dealing with, you know, troubled kids. And my senior year, oh, yeah, you want, you're the top percentile of your class. You think about going to college. That was my guidance counseling, bro. <laughs> that was my guidance counseling, so I could relate. It's crazy, yo, because I graduated high school actually early. Mm. You know, I, I think I graduated high school in three years mm. and, and and because i graduated high school in three years i never like i had enough credits to graduate in three years and i was fighting too much mm. that i was like yo this shit ain't worth it let me just go work i had a job at macy's at the time so you know like i like i had enough credits so i'm like yo i i'm gone I never went to the prom. Never went to senior trip. Wow! Never you didn't really enjoy trip. your high school. You didn't really I have to. I mean, but, but because of that, no one ever told me about college. Right. You okay. Know, my, my mom wasn't gonna tell me. Right. Right. It was just like, yo, all right, I want to be a lawyer. All right, cool. Well, I'll go to John Jay College of Criminal Justice because that's right. Where I know. Right. You know, like that's it. So you know, when I got to John Jay, I realized that. I didn't particularly like going to Manhattan every day, so I mm. transferred. Uh, to Brooklyn and, uh, College. Uh, yeah, I, I got into a program and transferred to Brooklyn College, and I was a lot more comfortable because I was able to walk to school. <laughs> right, to right, nice. You know, but, but it's funny because I, I'm, I'm in college, but I'm hanging out. Well, the, Brooklyn College is in Flatbush, mm, right? Right. I grew up in Flatbush, so I'm in college, but when I go outside to go eat lunch, I'm hanging out with the people that were doing the crime and the drugs. Right, 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 right. But but those are the people that I knew. So, you know, like like going to the military, it kinda of like 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 widened my horizon and said, Okay, there's other things in this world. You know, so it's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, like although I'm in college and and and, and I graduated college early too. Well, not early, but I didn't graduate in eight semesters. I think right. like, like seven or six and a half, seven. But you know, obviously, you know, like I went away. And I was like, all right, cool. I just can't do what my friends are doing. You know, my friends are, are selling drugs, and and they and they they transitioned from selling weed to selling things that were a little bit a little bit harder than weed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, bro, what is this? I'm I like like the first time I saw drugs harder than weed. I'm like, yo, if I touch this, I'm gonna get uh, nah, bro. I ain't touching it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? 
and 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 that's how do you how do you avoid not being not drinking and what made you i never i'm gonna tell you why i didn't smoke weed because i was conscious of why and the drinking part i never like i don't like the taste of alcohol Mm. you know and i don't like being drunk i don't like being hung over i don't like how it feels and alcohol is a downer for me Mm. stimulant so if i drink alcohol i'll go to sleep Mm. So it makes oh, wow. sense for me to be, yeah, it makes no sense for me to be in a club drinking because it's gonna make me sleepy. Right. I don't want to sleep. Right. Know? Um. As far as as weed, I never smoked weed, and the reason why is a couple things. One, I didn't have money growing up to be able to chip in. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have five two, on it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have five on it, and and, 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 and and although I was poor, I was prideful. Right. You right. Know? I didn't. I didn't want to freeload. Right. And right. The other thing is. And the other thing is, I didn't like how when you're smoking with people and they do this. Ah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like that. Yeah. I mean, to me, I was just like nasty. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I'm good on this. Yeah. So, so with that, so with that means that I never got into it, and and because I never got into it as a kid, I, like it's just like it's not for me. Nice. You know, so so. Oh, it's so, dope so that you know. I mean, I know you're grateful now that you never really got succumbed to peer pressure because, you know, I think we're in a state. The peer pressure was there, bro. Like everyone was doing it, and it was like, "Yo, what's wrong with this guy?" Right, like, ah, right. I'm dead. I mean, we're at a stage right now where people are paying for that right now. All the stuff that they did recklessly when they were young, you know, health. Yeah, right yeah. now, we're focusing on health and making sure, you know, our our diet is good, our blood pressure is good, our cholesterol yeah. is good, and you know, everything else is good. So. You know, man, you 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 did some, you made some really great decisions, y'all. You know? Let me wrap up, but before we wrap up, you know, what advice you think you know you could share with either somebody who grew up in an environment that you grew up in, or someone who's in corporate America who's not happy and you know, you know, they, they they're done with code switching. You know, what advice would you give them to like you know escape those environments? You gotta have a plan, you know. Like I didn't um I didn't buy my first house. I didn't buy my first co-op. And decided, you know what? I'm out. You know, I didn't buy my first house and said I'm out. You know, like I, I was able to put in my time, and I, I bought my first house. And I started working in corporate America in 2006. In June 2006, I, I um, bought my first house in 2008. Mm. You know, so, 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 and then I started building on from there. You gotta have a plan. Mm. And, and and the thing with corporate America is, if you don't have a plan for your exit. They're gonna tell you when it's your time to go. Mm. You know, mm. and and I I didn't like. I was unhappy at work, and I knew that it's it's gonna start showing. Mm. You know, like like so so like um I, I made a plan. You know, like I like you made I a plan and beat them to the punch. Yeah, I I did the math. How much money do I need? What will happen? Like what what can I live on? You know, I'm a single guy by myself, so. I can live very, very lean. Mm-hmm. I can go back to the tuna fish days. Thankfully, I don't have to, but if it's necessary, I can. You know, like, like I didn't have to make decisions for anyone else because, you know, I didn't have a, a wife mm. to, 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 to basically, I, I didn't have a partner. You know, it was just me. So I was like, all right, cool. This is how much money I'm making here. And I, I had an Excel spreadsheet. And wow. I knew exactly okay. Which, uh, yeah. I you had to go with that detail, huh? Of course, because, you know, like um, one year, I remember my accountant told me that I had to pay like six figures in taxes, and I was hot. Mm. I was like, six figures in taxes? Are you crazy? He's like, Yo, Scotty, shut up. He's like, Yo, 
you pay a lot because you made a lot. Mm. And then I'm like, well, how much did I make? And he had to show me how much I made. And and because I didn't know how much I made, I'm like, yo, I can't let it be. Whereas I don't know how much money I made mm. in this this year. You know, like like it makes no sense. So that's when I got really diligent about you know keeping records, figuring out how much rent I'm collecting, figure out all my expenses are, figure out my mortgages are, figure out my net worth, and so on and so forth. And then figuring out, okay, this is you know this is this is my 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 um my my, my annual salary divided by 24, which would by week by monthly pay, pay pay periods. Okay, this is what I'm making every month. Oh, and this is what I'm making in real estate. Oh, this real estate number is higher than this bank number. Oh, okay. But this bank gets 80% of my time. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. That doesn't make sense. Mm. How can I change that dynamic? Oh, okay, cool. These are the things I can do. Be- beyond that, you know, like, it's, it's just a matter of you need to have a plan. You need to set the plan in motion. And although I wouldn't recommend people start buying houses in Brooklyn, New York today, mm-hmm. because I think they'll, they're a little bit overpriced. Mm-hmm. Um, you're paying too, too big of a premium. I think there's other markets that you can invest in. You can invest in Newark. Um, I tell everyone that I speak to, that's like, hey, I want to buy a house. I got three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars in terms of a pre-qualification. Where should I buy? I'm like, go to Newark. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, it takes you half an hour to get from Newark to Manhattan. Mm. Most people work in Manhattan. It takes you half an hour to get from, at minimum, half an hour to get from some parts of Brooklyn to Manhattan. From where you lived on 52nd, it took you, you had to take the bus yeah. or the dollar van <laughs> yeah. to the train. Yeah. And it took, and it, and it took <laughs> exactly. But imagine living in Midtown. Right. That's an hour right there. Right. So with that being said, you can find value in Newark. Mm. You can find value in different towns in New Jersey. You could even find, like, there's still value in, like, Union, even Jersey City and Hoboken, where you could find something that is a lot more affordable than you would in Brooklyn. Right. You know, and the truth of the matter is, if it takes you half an hour to get to work, people are going to want to live there. Right. That's it. Right. You know, I, that, that's it. And then, you know, like, if, if you're really about that life and you want to start investing out of state, out of state, and you, your money goes a lot further in places like, Ohio, um, Baltimore, um, Florida, um, the whole Midwest, Tennessee, you know, like I know a lot of people that are doing well in all of those cities, all of those states. So, you know, like if you're really about that life, you know, you got to figure out, first of all, what your risk appetite is. Mm. For me, you know, like I, I don't like flipping because every house I ever sold, I regret it. Mm. So with that being said, I'm a buy and hold investor. Mm. I buy it, I hold it, I hold on to it, and you know I, I keep it. I, I, I keep it and, and collect rent. So you got to figure out what you're trying to collect in rent, what your monthly expenses are, and if the delta is good enough for you, and you're able to mitigate the oh the the the, the um there's a water leak. I got to get on a plane from my house in New York to go to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. If you can figure out ways to mitigate you having to get on a plane every time there's an issue, pull the trigger. Mm. Pull the trigger. Do do one. You know, if if you make five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars a month on one, and you're still working, and you're taking that thousand dollars and you're putting it away, and you're working, and if you're married, you and your your spouse, y'all are working, y'all saving money, you buy two. Next thing you know, you wake up in five years, you got five properties. Wow. You know, and, and that's somebody's check that mm. might allow your wife not to work. You know, mm. but you're still working, but your wife doesn't work because you guys are collecting six thousand dollars a month net. 
in rental income. Right. You know, so, so, so that's one thing you could do, uh, you know, like, but you got to find, you got to find your market. You got to find your niche. Um, a lot of people. I how, know, how, I how, guys, how, for anybody who's, you know, kind of novel to real estate, where you think they could get some information in terms of really getting, doing their research and doing, you know, getting enough knowledge to, to start out? Um, I, I personally, I'm like, I'm a big podcast listener. Um, mm. I, I, I listen to your podcast. Um, there's this, um, there's a couple of real estate based podcasts that I listen to bigger pockets, bigger mm-hmm. pockets, mm-hmm. every question that you can think of that you have about real estate, they've discussed it. Every market, every territory, every type of investment asset they, they've, they've had about, they've spoken about it on their podcast. Mm. So, you know, I, I would take a look at bigger, bigger pockets and there's real estate meetups in your local communities where, you know, like, um, New York investors all meet up and talk and mm. exchange ideas and, and network, you know, like, um, or if you're in Baltimore, you know, like there's real estate groups in Baltimore, mm. you know, like I follow, I follow them on Facebook. I follow them on Instagram. Okay. You know, and, and, and I, I, I get, I get maybe like 20, 30 deals a week in my inbox. You know, wow. And, 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 and I, I can't buy them all. Right. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Right. Right. So it's like, it's like I know what a deal is, and and I know the market. I know what a deal is. I know what's not a deal. I I know I know what things should rent for. And that all took much. like you doing it and and do your due diligence, and also took time to, for you to kind of. Uh, yeah, you gotta do you gotta do the book work, but you also gotta do the footwork. Mm. You know the book work. You doing research. You you going online, Google, so on and so forth. The footwork is you gotta be in the ground, bro. Mm. Because you know or, you gotta you know the hood you're investing in. You gotta know the hood, bro. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to buy the house that three people got shot and killed in <laughs> six months ago. Right. You don't want that house. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You don't want the house next door to the crack house. Mm. You know, because you'll never get a good tenant. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You don't want the house on the on the open air block. Right. Because every tenant you get is gonna be a customer for the drugs outside. Right. But one thing about crackheads. They love their crack more than they love their shelter. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? So, right, so right, you right. You don't want that smoke. Right. So with that being said, you know, you can't sit, I can't sit in my apartment in Brooklyn and be like, yo, I'm going to buy this house on sight unseen in Baltimore. You know, I have, I have people in the ground. I have contractors. I have property managers. I have people that, resources that I use that they know me. I know them. Mm. They know what I like. And I can be like, hey, Al, go take a look at this. Let me know what you think. You think it's a good idea? Right, right. Okay. You know, the last two houses I bought, I bought them sight unseen. Mm. But that's because I've had four and a half, five years of cultivating, of cultivating relationships where the people that have cultivated these relationships, but they know what I want. They know what I like. Mm. They know what I don't like. And they know, like, Scotty, this is a good deal for you. Let's go. Scotty, this isn't for you. Next. Right. You know, and Yo. you have such a people. Yo, dog, man. I, we've been talking for over an hour and a half right now, and I gotta wind it down. Yeah. But yo, man, you should continue telling your story, bro. You need to be talking at these high schools and colleges because I feel like your journey is dope, and 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 a lot of people will be inspired by it, man. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I am part of the nonprofit, the Bank dot org, and that's one of the things that we do. My partners and I, we're all real estate investors. We've all done extremely well for ourselves, but we realized that. 
it doesn't make sense if you're doing well for yourself or your people are hurting. Mm. So, with that be, so with that being said, we've definitely focused on providing financial literacy in terms of courses. You speak at school, you speak at, um, you know, we our headquarters, we hold events. And, and with, the, with the ethos of, you know, like providing the knowledge because we're not inherently born with the knowledge mm. and we don't have we don't have the people that, that, that acquired the knowledge before us passing it on. So if I have it, I'll give it to you. Right. Yo, how could uh, people find out about that nonprofit and anything else you're, in, you know, involved with? Um, you know, like you can you can follow me uh, on IG on Facebook. Um, my IG is I am Scotty. <laughs> Scotty C A D I. Yeah, yeah, S C A D I. Yeah, it's I am Scotty. I am S C A D I. Scotty, that's my IG. You can you can definitely follow me on there. It's the, the nonprofit is the Brooklyn Bank. So um, it's a nonprofit that I'm part of, like I'm co-founded with, with a couple other real estate investors, um, you know, um, and, and the truth is, you know, Kelsey, like, as, as you know, like, I'm very active. If you reach out to me, yeah, like, like you reach out to me on this podcast, I'm like, all right, let's do it. Right, right. Yeah, you were, you were very responsive, bro. I appreciate that. Look, look I'm very open. Like, um, you know, I don't work a full-time job. But because of that, I'm able to do a lot of um, giving back and philanthropic work. Whereas it's needed in the community, and um, you can definitely reach out to me. Um, add me on IG. Um, you know, if you add me on IG, you tell me you got a question. I'll give you my number. Right, right. You know, the, right. The, the, yeah, man. The, uh, you know, I'm glad you were able to share it because some people hoard it and whatnot. Yeah. So I'm glad you. What, what's the sense? Of, what's the sense of me having it and not giving it? Right. Who am I helping? Right, you right. Know, like I don't want. I don't want to be like 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 taking it back to, to, to when I worked at the bank. Right. I don't want to be in that room by myself. Mm. Mm. I know how yeah. that feeling is, bro. And yeah. you, you you don't have nobody to make some real jokes with or really talk to. You gotta yeah. you gotta like you know do that fake laugh and. We all we all did that, bro. Yo, man, yeah. listen, man. And I don't do it no more, bro. I, I ain't doing it, bro. I'm Yo, man. No Yo, more, congratulations, bro. man. Congratulations. And I hope when you know people hear this, your journey, you're inspired to kind of follow your suit and and, and and liberate themselves before they liberate you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You dropped yeah. knowledge right there. He said, if you don't make a plan to liberate yourself from corporate America, corporate America will make a plan to liberate you. So that's yeah. that's, that's facts, too. Yeah, when it's your turn, it's your turn. They don't... When I left my last job, the guy that got the job, the guy that replaced me, he worked at, we worked at J.P. Morgan together, right? Mm -hmm. And this guy is probably like 60, mm. but, you know, like, he, um, he was, he's like 60 years old, and he worked at J.P. Morgan for like 40 years. Right? Wow. Like 35, 40 years. Like he took the job, and, you know, I ran into my former colleague the other day in Harlem, and she was telling me that he got laid off. Wow. But he just bought a house. Wow. They don't care about you. <laughs> right. Yo, you, man, know? you know, go in. They don't care about you. Go in. This guy has a family. You know, like he has, a, like he has, he has young kids, two young kids, and they just laid him off. Mm. And it's like, he just bought a house. And now what? Mm. You know, now right. what is, here's the problem, right? He's not in his 60s. He's probably in his 50s. Ain't nobody looking to hire someone in their 50s. Right. Someone in their twenties mm -hmm. and paying less, for half the money, right? 
Yeah. What is this guy going to do? Right. You know, and that's why I'm glad you're sharing your story because a lot of people in corporate America don't know how to move and they don't know how to figure out their exit plan. So you sharing how you did it is definitely people are going to be taking notes and, uh, yeah. and, and following your example, bro. So appreciate it, man. Thank you for sharing your journey. Uh, yeah, Scotty, sure. I am Scotty uh, <laughs> at, on IG. And what's the nonprofit again? The Brooklyn Bank.org. The Brooklyn Bank.org, man. Thank you, bro. We've been talking for over an hour and a half. So, and I have actually I have some really more questions, more in real estate, but I'm like, nah, I think this is enough for now. We could probably do yeah, part bro. two or something. Yeah, bro, we could definitely do a part two. Um, we could, you could definitely reach out to me on, on, on a personal level. Like, I, I, I'm down, bro. I'm down for whatever. Yo, bro. man, I mean, you know, keep doing your thing, bro. You, you know, you a unique individual in so many different ways. And you a blessed individual, man, and I and I and I love it that you're gonna be, you also position yourself to bless others, bro. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't, you know, I see this cat in parties. You know, we chilling, we make we make jokes and whatever, but never really knew his journey, man. So I'm glad. I love having these conversations because I really get to to know the people that I've been you know friends with yeah. over the years. So appreciate it, man. Fifteen, 15 years, Kelsey. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and 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 the last thing is, it ain't no fun up there by yourself, though. Wow. It ain't no fun. Yeah, man. I, no I, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. You know, when you're the only person in the room, you, you know, you're like, wow. You know, you don't feel, you feel uncomfortable. You feel like you got to stay on your A game. You can't relax. You can't do nothing because everyone is watching you to, F, you know, expecting you to F up, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So figure out your exit strategy before, out of corporate America before, they figure it out for you. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. All right. Appreciate it. All right, Kelsey. All right, peace. Thank you for listening to another amazing episode of Reverse Ambition Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and you got some value that you could take and apply to your personal journey. Please do me a big favor and subscribe to wherever is your preferred podcast listening platform so you could be the first to know when a brand new episode is released. And remember, it is never too late to leap to follow your passion and dreams. Worst case scenario, you can always leap back. Until next time, this is Kelsey Cooper and take care.